the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Mr. President, how are you? Hi, you. Great to have you on. Thank you for joining me again. We've done it many times, and it's my honor. It's always fun. I'm a little superstitious. We talked 16 times during the 2016 election, so I think we need 15 more to make sure you win. We'll catch it. We'll catch it. That's an easy record. Look at the uh, stock market today. It's up uh, 323 points after a big day yesterday, and we are up to 28,000. 28,000. Just hit 28,000 for one second. Now it's 27,997. Keep it going. Keep it going. You just weighed in on uh, Jordan versus LeBron, so I'm going to start with an easy one for you since you're friends with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Which one has a better chance of winning the Super Bowl this year? Wow, that's a tough one. It's always tougher, you know, when you have friends. It's always tougher. <laughs> Look, I would say this. It'll be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting to watch. But I won't watch. I won't watch if people don't stand for the national anthem. If they kneel, I don't watch, including the Super Bowl. Uh, with, that, with that being said, we're helping the NFL greatly on getting going, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I won't care and I won't watch if they don't stand for the national anthem. And that's what's happened to basketball. I don't know if you've seen what's going on with basketball. Well, if they, if, are, but if they do stand, are you going with Belichick or Brady? Well, I would say this. You got, uh, if you ask me coach on coach, uh, I like that as a better question. You always have to hit me with these very tough questions. <laughs> I think they're both going to do great. They're both friends of mine. Uh, I'll tell you, Belichick is an incredible coach. And I think he's going to do really well. This guy just knows how to win, and he's a very good friend of mine. He's a winner. You know, if I ever had a military battle, I'd call up Belichick and say, what do you think? What do you think? Give me a couple of ideas. I'll tell you, he's so great with the Browns. He'd be as good as any general out there. And I think Tom, you know, Tom picks a team where they have a very good offensive line and supposedly great receivers, great receivers, and he did that on purpose. He didn't pick a team for just the dollars. He picked a team that, that really supposedly has some real talent that hasn't quite gotten there and in a long time. So I think, uh, I think Tom's going to be an interesting person to watch. Well, that sounded well. like a Belichick nod, though. Let me, let me get serious, Mr. President. First serious question. In the last five months of this term, or the last five months of your second term, if you get one, would you make a nomination to fill a vacancy that occurred on the Supreme Court? Uh, you mean if something happened like now? Yeah, a- absolutely, I do it. Sure, it depends. If someone in mind, you know, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about, time. But if you're talking about if something would happen now, uh, no, I would, I would move quickly. Why not? I mean, you, they would, the Democrats would, if they were in this position. But do you, you know, have I'll someone in to, mind? Oh, at the end of my term, I'll be up to about three hundred. Could be even a little more. 300 federal judges, including Court of Appeals, Appeals Appellate Divisions, uh, will be at 300. Think of that. 
300 judges, probably a little bit more, and two Supreme Court judges. Think of that. Uh, it's not happened. You know, no, no, you followed right. through. The 53 appeals court judges are all solid, and I hope and you keep making and, them. And the appeals court judges are, you know, I'm I'm getting rave reviews, and uh, even some of the uh, those on the left are saying, well, we don't agree with them, but they are very powerful uh, picks. So we're, we're getting rave reviews on judges, I will say that. But, you know, who's had, who's had so many? Now, I, I was given a gift because I had 142 when I first came in. I said... You know, I've always heard and you've always said and I've always heard the most important thing you can do are Supreme Court ju- justices and judges, you know, combination, really both. And uh, I said, how many do I have my first day? Sir, you have 142. I said, you got to be kidding. So I started off with 142. Most presidents start off with none. I would say very rarely do you have one. I had 142, got them filled with really talented, very very great people, very highly respected people. And uh, from there, I've gone on to continue to fill a lot of judgeships. A lot of people have retired because they got to a certain age and they retired. We didn't discourage that. And uh, we uh, were up to uh, we will be over 300. It's hard to believe, but we'll be over 300. It's a great achievement. If if there is a vacancy this year or uh, early next year or any time in your second term, do you have a choice already in mind to nominate? I do. I have somebody that I think would be excellent. I do. Is she named Amy Coney Barrett? No, I can't. I can't name who. But I have somebody that I think would be really well received, would be excellent, highly respected. I mean, that's subject to change. But somebody that really uh, would be, I think, I think great. All right, let me switch over to foreign affairs. Secretary Azar's visit to Taiwan was significant. It, was this a trial run for something bigger? Have you considered or are you considering a historic visit to Taiwan yourself before the end of this year? No, I'm not. No, it wasn't, uh, you know, anything like that. It wasn't. Uh, it was just something we were talking about. COVID, they've done well. We've done well also. We get no credit for it. You know, we do so much testing, so we end up with, when you do testing, you have cases. You know, we tested more than, what I guess, about 65 million tests. Uh, India's at 11. Uh, Germany's at 3. And we're at 65. When you test, you have cases. Uh, but we've done very well. And that was really a visit on COVID, or as I call it, the China plague or the China virus, which is well, get, what it given is. Given China's recklessness with the virus and its aggressiveness, especially with its new deal with Iran, should Japan, South Korea, or even Taiwan seek nuclear weapons or hypersonic missile capacity, Mr. President? Well, I'm not going to suggest anything, but I will tell you it's uh, it causes problems and uh, it's a big point of discussion for us over the next uh, two months. I will tell you that it's going to be a big, very, a very big point of discussion. Do you find their alliance with Iran to be particularly troubling in their pattern of recklessness? I don't like it. I don't like it. Not at all. And uh, my relationship is much. I had a very good relationship with President Xi. But once it turned to once once we got hit with a virus that they didn't get hit, you know, they they contained it in China. Now, they've had outbreaks like everyone else, but they contained it essentially in China. But they didn't contain it from the U.S. and Europe and the rest of the world. Hundred and eighty eight countries, you hundred and eighty eight countries. You told me in 2016, Mr. President, that you would get up to speed on all the terrorists. And you did. Was it a hard call for you to order Soleimani killed, even though he had been responsible for the death of hundreds of U.S. servicemen and women in Iraq? Is it still hard to order the hit? It's never an easy call. It's always a 
uh, like, you know, you're, you're talking about human life one way or the other. You don't know where it leads. It's turned out. And, and, and al-Baghdadi, don't forget, took out the founder and leader of ISIS who was trying to build it again. When I took over, ISIS was prevalent. It was all over the place. And I wiped out ISIS in Syria and Iraq, uh, 100% of the caliphate. And we found that al-Baghdadi, now he's the one that was stood, I always said, the one with the fan, he always always had the fan. You know, it was the old picture, but he always had the fan behind it. I said, why can't you find him? And I was looking for him from the beginning. And we knocked out him, as you know, that was uh, that was big. And then we, we did Soleimani. And there are those that say that the Soleimani was the biggest move made in the Middle East of anything. And I don't even view it that way. What he did to our soldiers, what he did to people, he was the king of the roadside bomb. He loved the roadside bomb. He loved blowing people's brains out, loved blowing people's legs off and arms. And I see him in the hospital. I go over to Walter Reed, where I think you have the greatest doctors in the world, by the way, because I see what they can do. It's it's incredible. But I go over and visit these soldiers a lot, and they are badly, you know, just bad, the military, they are badly, badly injured. And that was really a Soleimani thing. They, yes, they, it was. A large, a large percentage of those bombs were either directly or indirectly put there by Soleimani. You, you mentioned destroying ISIS, Mr. President. ISIS grew up under President Obama, and Susan Rice was his national security advisor. Right. If Joe Biden picks her, will that be an issue, what happened with ISIS under her watch sure. as NSA? Not only ISIS was spying on my campaign. We caught them spying on my campaign, you. And I used to watch you on all those liberal lefty shows with Sleepy Eyes, Chuck Todd. and Chuck's say, a great you know, host. You know that. But he just doesn't he just doesn't fit into that group. But somehow he uh, you you wanted to be honest and uh, you have to be honest. I know you very well. Very well. It's always interesting to have the name you. I know you very well, yeah. you. Uh, but uh, I will tell you that uh, uh, you've been terrific. But I watched you on those shows with uh, with a few of our friends, like Sleepy Eyes, and and it was a very interesting. It was a very interesting group. I don't think you felt too comfortable. Well, I always feel I, I like Chuck. Chuck knows he'd probably talk sports with you longer than me. But I want to go back to Rice. She was one of the unmaskers of Michael Flynn. Oh, 100%. Look, not only, I, I mean, literally, not only that, we're talking about unmasking, yes, that was a big deal, horrible deal, where they unmasked him so many times. I think he's got to have the record for unmasking. Maybe I do, you know, because we're still looking. How many times did they unmask me? Let's find that out, too. Because, look, they were spying on our campaign. They were using him and others, and they were spying on my campaign. So was I unmasked? So far, they haven't said. But let's see what happens. I think you're going to have a very interesting report coming out with Durham. Not report. I hope it's not going to be a report. The last thing I want is another report. We've had enough reports. We had the report on Comey, which told you he was a dirty cop. What a report that was. That's have you spoken heart. with John Durham, Mr. President? I have not, specifically not. No. Nope. Have you spoken I, to I, Barr about Durham and whether or not we can expect the decision on indictments before the election? I, I, you know, we have a great attorney general. I leave him do his thing. I will ask him every once in a while, when is it coming? When? I can only say this. I believe it's bigger and far more far-reaching and far more powerful than anyone ever thought possible. Is it outside of the FBI, Mr. President? Did it get into the intelligence community? 
Uh, it's into every community. This thing was prevalent. It was all over the place, and it was a disgrace. They spied on our campaign. They tried to take me down both before and after the election. They wrote a fake dossier with hookers and and all of the disgusting things, and it was a total work of fiction, and that's been proven now many times. It's been, and they wanted to use that. And the only thing they couldn't do, for whatever reason, I'll tell you, probably the only time I've respected the media in the last 10 years is they were unable to get the fake dossier printed in mainstream media or at all. Nobody would take it because they all knew it was phony. They all knew it was fake. Today they take it because they've gotten worse, far worse than they were four years ago. But they couldn't get it printed because they wanted to get it printed before the election. And after the election... It didn't mean so much, but if, if he, to get this fake document printed before the election and they couldn't do it. Let me ask you about John, the dossier. And by the way, and John McCain tried and they all tried. John McCain, you know, I'm supposed to think wonderful things about John McCain, but they brought it to John McCain. They all tried and they couldn't get it done. And for that, I respect the media. If Joe Biden somehow beats you, Mr. President, do you think he'll bury this investigation into the Bureau of the Intelligence Community, the dossier? Do you think it'll be gone? Probably. I mean, probably. I think it's another reason we should win. And we're doing very well. I don't know if you've seen the polls have been going up like a rocket ship. Hey, I was George Washington would have had a hard time beating me before the plague came in, before the China plague. (laughs) And then, you know, like every other nation, like other countries, when you get hit, uh, it affects you. And we went down a little bit, and then we went down a little bit more, and now we're coming up at a level that we haven't seen. I just got back from Texas, Ohio, and and Florida, where I got all law enforcement awards, everything. We got the endorsement from all of them. But I just got back, and, and they're the largest crowds on the highway I've ever seen. I'd love to do the rallies when we can't because of the COVID. You know, you can't have people yeah, the, sitting the states, next to Pennsylvania, The big states are Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin, Michigan. Those are big 10 states. The coaches want to play football. Do you think Joe Biden wants to play football? Do you think he'll join you in, in the call to play football up there? I don't think Joe knows he's uh, what he's doing right now. I think Joe's trying to get out of the basement. I, I'm not sure that he knows. If you'd ask him that question, I don't think he'd be able to answer it. I think you should play football. These are young, strong athletes. As you know, this disease has very little impact on young people, the immune system, and plus they're in great health and very good health. And I think you should play football. They want to play football. Uh, I Spoke about it a little bit yesterday, but they want to play football and they should play football and they should stand for our national anthem and they should stand for our flag and respect our flag. Uh, basketball didn't do that, and they're down the tubes. Their ratings are terrible, like terrible. Okay. People are angry I've, about it. I've got the NFL, I hope the NFL learned from their last little go-around two years ago when they got when they were losing 25-30% of their fans. I, got, I hope I, they learned. I don't think they did, but they will, because the, the people are angry about it if they don't stand for the flag. Now, you've got to be, respect the president's time, so I want to respect your time, but I've got a couple of tough questions here. I even hate to bring this up because I don't like to talk about books that went around the process. But Ambassador Bolton said, you okayed Xi putting the Uyghurs in concentration camps. I don't believe that, but is there any truth to it, Mr. President? He's a liar, and he's just a sick person. You know, I put him there. Everyone said don't because he's a nut job. Uh, I did it. 
And frankly, I used him because every time I walked into a room with this guy, didn't have too much conversation, didn't know him very well. He was there for not a long while. But every time I walked in, I'd win a negotiation because everyone thought I wanted to go to war. You know, when this guy walks into a room, he was a nut job. Now I understand why we got into the Middle East, because he was involved in that, too. So you never okayed. Which is the worst mistake. In the history of our country, getting into the Middle East, okay, you know, going into the Middle East was... But you never opened the Uyghurs going into camps. You didn't tell Xi go ahead and put them in concentration camps. Of course I didn't. Who would ever say a thing like that? He made it up. He made up everything. John Bolton is a sick person, and and he's not a smart person. And he actually worked for me because, frankly, I, I didn't talk to him much. There wasn't much to say. You're not going to learn much from the guy. He's just, you know, hard line to a point of stupidity. You, and, you took a, but having you, him in a room, you automatically had a hard line position. But no, John is not somebody that people respect right. very much. You took a lot of heat, some of it from me over the first Helsinki meeting with Putin. But I also gave President Obama heat when he whispered to Medvedev to tell Putin it would be OK after the election. So I had heat for both of you. Who's been tougher on Russia? You or President Obama? Uh, by a factor of uh, 50, me, okay? Number one, he sent pillows, and I, sank, I, I said, send them the tank busters, okay? Number two, I got NATO to pay $400 billion a year more to protect themselves against Russia. Obama got nothing except it went down, 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 those things. I revealed the pipeline, the pipeline, Nord Stream 2. Nobody even talked about it. Germany's getting their energy from Russia. I said, what kind of a deal is this? You're paying Russia billions of dollars. We're protecting you from Russia. What's this all about? I built our military, two and a half trillion dollars. Our military is the strongest it's ever been right now. I spent two and a half trillion dollars. Obama, our military was depleted. I also took care of our vets and I took care of lots of other things that we have Space Force. and I, we became the biggest energy in the world. We're now the biggest energy by far in the world. And I think the most and, important thing you've done is you reframed the China relationship, breaking with the policy of 50 years to, to make sure we know they're an adversary. But you tweet nice things about President Xi. Is it possible to both be nice to people and also be tough as hell on him? Uh, I had a very good relationship with President Xi. I would even say better than good. I would say we had a great relationship uh, he's a great gentleman, but I, my relationship is uh, no longer very good with him because of what they did with the China virus. If if you ask me that now, I would have said great. I had a great relationship with him. I made a great trade deal. They're buying billions and billions of dollars worth of product. You, you notice you don't hear the farmers complaining, do you? They just had they just gave the largest corn order in history last week, the largest ever. Uh, you know why? Because he's smart. Because rather than saying we're not going to do business with them, they say, let's get the biggest orders we've ever gave because they know how I feel. And I'll tell you this, with Iran and with China and with everybody, Russia, we're dealing with Russia right now on on a nuclear arms pack because and they want to do it. They want to do it badly. I don't think they'll wait. I think they want to do it. And it's a great thing. This is the biggest problem in the world today. We're dealing with Russia right now on that. But I'll tell you this, with China— but with Iran and North Korea, look what it, North Korea, everyone thought we were going to be. If Hillary Clinton got in, you would be you, maybe the war would be over by now. But millions of people would have died. You would have had a war with North Korea. He expected to have a war. Where's the war? You don't have a war. 
And yeah. we have a, a very good, you know, very different, but very good relationship. One of those things. When he acts up, I say what's going to happen. I have a very good relationship. But here's what's going to happen. If I win, you'll have a deal with Iran in the first month. Because all they're waiting for, and China too, they're hoping, they're hoping that I'm defeated. Because if I'm defeated, China will own the United States. And Iran will go back to a deal even better than the first terrible deal where they got $150 billion plus $1.8 billion in green. So in cash, $1.8 billion. Are you worried, Mr. Rudd, because, you know, Bill Kerry went around your back with the Iranian foreign minister. Are you worried that Max Bottas or other people connected with, with Biden are talking to China back channel the way uh, Secretary Kerry talked to Iran back channel? Well, I think what Secretary Kerry did, if there was ever a reason for the Logan Act, I thought what Secretary Kerry did was horrible because he made it. We could have had a deal with Iran. And frankly, he broke it up. Uh, Kerry's lucky that we have a very fine attorney general that pe- treats people well, because if there was ever a case for the Logan Act, it certainly wasn't Flynn. It was Kerry. Kerry was dealing behind our back, telling them not to make a deal. OK, that's different. Telling them not to make a deal. And he's a disgrace. Kerry, that you, whole administration was. A disgrace. Do you think Max the Obama Bacchus- administration, you the Obama administration got caught spying on my campaign. It's, it's treason. It's whatever you want to call it. It's never happened before. And working on it both before and after the election. And that has to do with, you know, Strzok yep. and his lover, yep. Page, when they did the insurance policy. Just in case she loses, we have an insurance policy. Obama got caught, and he knew everything. Obama knew everything, and Biden knew everything. um, Ambassador O'Brien said China wants Vice President Biden to win. Why do you think that is? Because they'll own the United States if he wins. And with me, they were having the worst year in 67 years because I tariffed the hell out of them. We took in billions and billions of dollars. I gave some of it to the farmers because they were targeted. And I put the rest in the Treasury of the United States. We've taken in tens of billions of dollars from China. And it was having a huge impact on China, negative impact on China. You're still uh, the China best. China will own, just like when his son walked out with $1.5 billion from China to manage, where he'll make millions of dollars a year. Look, China will own the United States if this election is lost by Donald Trump. If I don't win the election, China will own the United States. You're going to have to learn to speak Chinese. You want to know the truth. Will Hunter uh, Biden come up at debates? They Mr. will President. own the United States. And I'll tell you another thing that will happen. The market's up 350 points today. It was up 350 points yesterday. It's ready to break new records. NASDAQ has already broken a record. We're doing very well in everything, including corona, as you call it. But let me just tell you, we're, we're getting to an end. We're getting to and The vaccines are ready to rock. We're going to be very, very close to a vaccine. We're ready to distribute. And we're there for the therapeutics, which to me is even more important, frankly, makes you better. It's more important than the vaccine. I will tell you this. If 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 Biden wins, you're going to have a radical left. You'll have every city looking like Portland, but you have a radical left and you're going to have a stock market crash. The equivalent of 1928 and 1929. You you just mentioned market crash, the equivalent of what we had in 1929, and 
just mark my words. Someday we'll talk about it. I hope we don't have to ever bother because I hope it doesn't happen. But your 401ks will drop down to numbers that not even possible. Right now, everybody with their 401ks, you know, we're literally a few points off the greatest market in our history. I used to talk about the greatest market six, seven months ago. We have the greatest market in history. And I was sailing. I mean, we were going we were going very good. Uh, you know, it was it was really looking good. And then we got hit by the plague. And now people are respecting the way we've handled that. But I think more importantly, they're respecting the job numbers and the economy. The, the economy is coming back on a very steep V-curve, which I said it would. And, it's well, so just, and again, Mr. President. We're, almost, we're almost going to be hitting new records maybe soon. Very. We've soon. already made a lot of news, but I want to go back. You mentioned Hunter Biden getting a billion and a half. Will you bring him up in the debates? Hunter Biden. Well, I think he's subject to it. I'm not I, I don't like doing it, but it's look, he walked away with a billion and a half dollars. You go to Steve Schwarzman of Blackstone and ask him because I did. Is that possible? He said, no, it's not possible. Not possible. He walked away in 10 minutes with one point five billion dollars and Ukraine. He got eighty three thousand a month. I think they made an up upfront payment of three million dollars. This is a guy who didn't have a job. His father became vice president. All of a sudden, this kid is getting rich and he didn't have a job. He had no experience in energy. And he got three million dollars and eighty three thousand dollars a month, which is the wrong number, because the real number is one hundred and sixty something thousand a month. It's a disgrace. All right. You've given me double the time. Mr. And then his father stands here and says, I'm not going to give you the billion dollars unless you get rid of the prosecutor. And they got rid of the prosecutor and it's all on tape. And the okay. media doesn't want to pick it up. Could you imagine if I said that? <laughs> no, no. I, 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 you give me double the time. I don't want to abuse your time. I got one last question. Actually, you tell me when to shut up, Mr. President. I'll end the question. Have you talked to Kanye about his bid? I have not. But I think it's great if he wants his voice heard. Do you think you'll get more African-American votes this time than you did last time? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think a lot. Well, you saw there was a poll yesterday, a Rasmussen poll, that had me in the 30s. Okay? Did you see that? I did not. I yep. did not. A Rasmussen poll. I think it was Rasmussen. But it had me in a very, very, a very high position. But we look, I've done criminal justice reform. I've done uh, uh, opportunity zones. I saved the black colleges and universities, historically black uh, we with numbers that they didn't even think they were going to get. I saved them. I saved them. They couldn't get money. And now I saved I, them. I, Nobody else would have done it. Nobody else could have done it. Nobody else could have gotten criminal justice reform. And Obama didn't think he could get it. He never even tried. And you'll get the dreamers. I know you went for the dreamers. Let me, let me close by asking about the debates. Uh, the, the expectations for the vice president are being lowered by the hour. I think if he just stands up for an hour, that will lead the media to declare him a winner. I appreciate that you nominated me to be a moderator. I don't think the debate commission will give you anyone remotely uh, close to being as tough on Biden as they are on you. Do you think you're lowering expectations for Joe Biden for the debates? Well, I'm not lowering expectations. Everyone else says I'm not. I don't do that. Look, whoever shows up, I watched him with Bernie Sanders, and he did okay. I wouldn't yes, say he was did. Winston Churchill, but he got through. But you know the way it is. The fake news. If he stands up, and if he is able to breathe, and if he's able to walk off the platform, uh, they'll say it was one of the greatest debate performances in history. These the fake news is corrupt. 
And it's a disgrace. And it's uh, now rated lower than Congress, at least in my mind, it's rated lower than anything. But I've seen things from the fake news that someday I'll tell you some things you wouldn't even believe. These are corrupt people. So if he goes and debates, if he uh, said, uh, yes, I had a wonderful breakfast. Thank you for asking the question. They'll give him they'll say it was one of the greatest answers in history. So, you know, I know what I know what I'm up against. And I had a smaller dose of it with Hillary, but Hillary was smart. Joe was never smart. Joe wasn't smart in prime time. I've had a certain highly respected senator years ago. I said, who I get along with very well, which people would be shocked at. I said, who's the smartest person in the Senate? He gave me a name. Then he said, who's the dumbest? He said, Joe. I said, who's Joe? Joe. I said, who is he? Who is he? I said, Joe. You don't know Joe? And we we go along. He said, you're talking about Biden? Yeah, I'm talking about Joe Biden. I said, why, he's the dumbest in the Senate? He's by far. He's a glad hand. He called him a glad hand. And he was a friend. He was a friend of the guy. But he said, Joe Biden's the dumbest in the Senate. Now, that was in prime time. That question was asked 20 years ago, probably. You know, I've been involved in this stuff for a long time, even though not on the side that I'm on now. I was on sort of the other side, like helping people get elected. Now I'm really helping people get elected. Look at Bill Haggerty. Look yep. at Haggerty in Tennessee. That was great. Look what happened. Great, a great uh Really a great decision. Two very good people, but a very easy win now in Kansas because Roger's going to be fantastic. He's going to do a great job. We have a lot of uh, we have a lot of success going. We're doing well, very well with the Republican Party. And Mr. You know, President, the endorsement when I endorse, if you look, it's uh, I don't even want to give you the numbers, but hundreds to to one or two or three. Yeah, I think you've lost two. Now, I, 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 again, thank you for your time. You're still the best interview in the business. You know, I said that four years ago. Oh, man, that and, never and, changed. It never Hopefully changed. It won't. We've got to get 15 if you see more. Change, let me know. It's time to get out of politics. Uh, we, we just need 15 more to make sure we keep our lucky streak going here because I want yeah. the judges. You've delivered on the military spending. You've delivered on the judges. I have other and I things. I delivered that, on the wall, and I delivered for the vets, and I delivered for tax cuts, and I delivered for regulation cuts, the biggest regulation and tax cuts in history history in history i delivered on everything and uh and now i have some other things to deliver on and they don't knock down statues anymore because they go to jail for 10 years so you notice that and i'm waiting for the people in oregon to call me and the people in illinois to call me so we can send in the national guard and take care of their problems but they this don't want to hand pride or stupidity they don't want to call chicago is getting out of hand that was a rough weekend in chicago we can solve that problem in 1 hour just like we did in minneapolis they were ripping the place apart and i was calling them and saying you better get the guard out get the guard out we're ready get the guard soon as the guard came out it was over in an hour you see the you saw the scene the the black uniforms walking down the street, boom, boom, boom. They didn't miss a step. The whole thing was over. They could have done that a week earlier, and you wouldn't have had a city that was ripped apart. But, but you respect the governor's so power. You're federal. Going in the next day, my but, guys were going in the next day. That's the only reason that happened. So you believe in a federal. lot of positive things are happening, and you're a great guy, and uh, a lot of fun, and we'll do it again. We have to keep Thank our, you, Mr. President. Keep your schedule going. All right, 15 more times. Talk to you soon, Mr. President. Thanks very much, you. Thank you. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. 
It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.